Boom, and we're back for another episode of AlphaCast. I'm Mike Winter, and I'm here as always with Dr. Bear Paul Landel coming to you live and direct from the beautiful Smith River up here in the in the uh, free state of Jefferson, where we're still unmasked and un, unjabbed and un poked and 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 un-AI'd and we're still organic and we will remain organic forever uh just like the food we grow and the people we hang out with um and we're just so blessed it's been crazy weather windy smoky um I've been my kids and I were driving organite stakes and uh, uh earthing rods into the ground uh for fun uh, a couple of days ago and we will be tower busting the towers uh in crescent city and the other neighborhoods around us that the 5g is coming into we'll be going more into that later this month getting into organite uh with mitch the orgone donor we have amazing guests coming in this month uh, a big announcement too we have owen benjamin coming on the show uh in a couple of weeks so just craziness will be he's coming on to talk about solutions we're all about solutions so a lot of fun going on speaking of solutions we are currently uh bear and i are both taking the sovereign's way course uh which is a sovereignty focused law course uh and i will have an affiliate link for that in the show notes uh check it out it is a game changer josh del soul is the one who brought this to our attention and i am on module three and loving it uh, so yeah, it's a great course, uh, Mike, I just wanted to say I'm really enjoying it. And uh, I think they just kind of cut to the essence of things, simplify it, but really make it powerful. I'd highly recommend it to anybody. Yeah, and that coming from Bear, who's been in the game for a long time, uh, is a great testament. And it is very, um, yeah, it's next level, guys. So um, anyways, check that out. And um, yeah, and then also just just an update for the Music and Sky folks, um, we uh, are going to be launching all the videos to everybody, to the community. Uh, it'll be a donation platform from the event uh, on the 4th of July event, all those talks and everything. So um, this month we're shooting to do that. Um, and then Reunion Summit uh, will be coming out in November 5th. That'll be all live streams. Um, and hey, I'd love to talk to uh, you, Jennifer, about the summit. We do an amazing online summit solution focus called Reunion Summit. I'd love to have you on, not to put you on the spot right now, but we can talk after the show. Um, we had about 50,000 attendees uh, last year or last uh, spring when we did the first one. And uh, it's powerful, powerful. Sayer G and Kelly Brogan and... Uh, Andy Kaufman and all these amazing, powerful uh, souls are on it. Um, and it's all about solutions and sovereignty and moving forward in the new world. So uh, very powerful, exciting stuff that's going on with Alpha Vedic. Well, without further ado, oh, and if you are new to the show, if you, um, if you, it's the first time you ever listened to us and you want to know more information about us, check us out at alphavedic.com. That's A-L-F-A-V-E-D-I-C.com. You can also join our community at te on Telegram at t.me forward slash alphavedic, and then join us on Discord, if that's your vibe, at alphavedic.com forward slash Discord. And last, you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash alphabetic. We are moving to get off all these platforms and uh, and be completely independent and decentralized through uh, the Cordal uh, network and protocol. Uh, so uh, follow Cordal at cordal.org and join and start your node today so you can join the decentralization revolution. Okay, without further ado, get got that all out of, my, out of the way. Um, we have Jennifer Daniels, MD, today uh, with us. So exciting. 
She is a verified badass, I tell you. I've been following her for over a decade, and I must say, she is awake. She knows what's going on. Uh, she's had the personal experience of the cabal at her doorstep and, and the evil forces, as a, even going back to as a child. Um, and so it is fascinating. Uh, her story and what she has to say today will be awesome. Uh, very exciting. Uh, Jennifer Daniels, MD, author of The Lethal Dose, Murder by Medicine, is a shining light and one of the unsung heroes from the conventional medical system. Dr. Daniels is a former medical doctor who had her medical license suspended due to her use of natural remedies while not prescribing enough prescription drugs. Dr. Daniels, who is widely considered one of the foremost alternative healing physicians alive today, graduated from Harvard University with honors receiving a BA degree. Her education continued at the University of Pennsylvania, where she received her medical degree, and also attended Wharton, where she received her MBA in healthcare administration. Uh, Jennifer practiced medicine for 10 years as a board-certified family practice physician, where she saw firsthand the power of natural methods. She has been coaching clients to successfully heal naturally since 1985 and a prolific writer sharing her 30-year journey of developing natural healing wisdom. This episode is especially relevant within today's prevailing climate of for-profit fear-based medicine, now weaponized as a primary tool for bolstering the global control grid. Dr. Daniels will share her experience today with immunizations, antibiotics, and drugs in general, uh, but more important, the powerful natural remedies that allowed her to stop using pharmaceuticals altogether. Dr. Berlando, how are you today, my friend? I'm doing great. Uh, started my morning uh, just at the crack of dawn there picking Jiao Gulan leaves. It's actually cold out there. My hands were numb as I was picking. Uh, you know, we have a farm here, Jennifer, and uh, we have quite a crop to bring in in the next few weeks. So we got to stay busy. We, you know, we grow medicinal herbs and, and, you know, make medicines out of them. Jennifer, what a pleasure and an honor to have you here today. I've, uh, as I told you before, I've been a big fan of yours for a long time. I started listening to your radio show. Oh, I guess, I don't know, in the mid early 2000s, whenever that was, when you had your show on Republic Broadcasting and, uh, you know, just, uh, just love to listen to you. And of course, you and I have had some parallel courses, uh, you know, in our experience. Uh, I chose to um, do alternative modalities and, and take a little bit of a different path. And, um, you know, it was vilified along the way. Uh, they tried to bring me to financial ruin and, and uh, you know, just uh, had, um, let's just say, guests from different agencies on my doorstep and raiding my waiting room <laughs> all sorts of fun stuff. Um, you know, there's so much I'd like to talk to you about today, uh, you know, and, and like Mike was saying, especially get into natural remedies, because you're the master of those. And we really like to know what you're up to and, you know, share your wisdom with us. Um, what I'd like to maybe start off with is just how you started this journey. I know it's probably a question you've had to answer a thousand times, but we'll start anyway. Most of our audience is very familiar with you, but maybe uh, some of the new folks here, it, it would be, you know, helpful if they knew a little bit about your background. And, uh, you know, in particular, you know, what kind of flipped your switch there? I remember very very clearly, you know, when I shifted, I was uh, expecting my first uh, son and I was in a waiting room. I was working in uh, out of hospitals 
And, uh, you know, just on a conventional side, hadn't studied a lick about alternative medicine or anything. And uh, I decided to go to a chiropractor for an old sports injury. And uh, there's a little uh, book in the waiting room about immunizations. And I read that and I was astounded. So I started doing my research. Uh, oh, very urgently because we were expecting so quick. And of course, I was going to go ahead and immunize. And thank God we uh, learned enough in the nick of time to not immunize. And then I spent a lot of my career treating vaccine damaged kids. So, but that was a turning point for me. So what, do you remember that moment or was there a single moment or was it just a gradual transition for you? For me, it was a gradual transition. And what really did it for me was my orientation or starting point. So my orientation or starting point was being African-American, living in the inner city. And so and also having grown up in a fairly dangerous situation. So I had at least four attempts on my life to murder me by the time I was seven years old. So I already had uh, developed a uh, suspicion of the world and a understanding that the world you know, could be pretty dangerous and the need to be aware. Uh, that combined with, again, my background of being um, uh, a member of a population that at that time, this is we're talking about the 60s now, where if there was anything that went wrong and I was within 10 miles, I knew that I could be uh, arrested, convicted and severely penalized. So I had a very high antenna for what is criminal activity and let me stay away from it. So I did not notice anything was particularly wrong um, until my senior year at Harvard. So my senior year at Harvard, I was getting like really awesome, amazing grades. It was pretty obvious I was getting into medical school. And then I just said, okay, I'm gonna go to the library and look up all the ways I as a doctor can help a person lead a longer, healthier, better quality life. And I went to Widener Library, look it up, world famous library. People paid hundreds of dollars just for the privilege of walking in there and being able to access documents and books. All right, so I looked up, uh, that topic, researched it. There was not one single book claiming doctors were benefit. In fact, just the opposite. There was actually a book written by the medical industrial complex itself saying that there's absolutely no evidence that access to medical care is of any benefit to anyone and lengthens anyone's life. It just doesn't. And the book was, it wasn't judgmental. It was just like, here's the information. And I said, if you really want people to live longer, you have to give them clean water, clean food, and shelter from the elements. And that's pretty much the science of it. I said, well, by golly, I'll work on those three things and I'll study hard in medical school and see if I can't understand what's going on and improve things. So, you know, I mean, that's the mind of a 21 year old, right? So then I go to medical school and four years, I mean, I was stunned. I did not see a single person improve through medical action. And at the end of each semester, I would go to the dean and say, hey, woo, I came here to learn the cures. And so far, I haven't got any, nothing seems to be working here. What is going on? When do I get to learn the cures? And he says, okay, we're gonna teach him next semester. And so each semester we'd have this meeting again, again, and again. It was always, his answer was next semester. But finally, we're at the last semester and I still haven't seen a cure. And I tell him, look, this is really serious because I'm going back to the inner city to practice medicine. They don't believe in malpractice. They believe in getting even. I've got to bring them something that's going to be effective. He said, well, maybe you shouldn't go back and practice there. 
Manny said, well, this is why we have a residency program. You're gonna learn the real cures in the residency program. I said, okay, fine. So then I go to the residency program. Whew, carnage. I mean, bodies dropping left and right. I mean, not, not through the action of newly minted doctors, you know, the July syndrome, but the actual attendings in charge were really killing people. It was like a slaughterhouse. And at one point I got so panicked. I said, holy crap. Any minute, the district attorney is going to bust through these doors and arrest everybody in sight. I mean, that, that's just how bad it was. I'm like, I don't want to get blamed or arrested. I turned in my resignation. So uh, it turned out, unbeknownst to me, that I was the only resident answering their beeper. And literally at night, my call was so busy because I was doing everyone else's daytime work that they neglected. And everyone else knew this except me. All I did was, man, these call nights are busy. <laughs> but they couldn't let me go because I wasn't doing anything wrong. I was darn near holding the hospital together. So I explained my concern to the uh, director of medicine. He said, look, okay, 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 here, here. We're giving you a special permission. If anyone asks you to do something you think is endangering the life of a patient, then you don't have to do it. It's okay, great, great. And then he said, well, uh, also, so I said, well, wait a minute, what about at the end of this residency, are you gonna sign my paperwork saying I can become a doctor? He says, yes, 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 we'll, we'll, we will do that. I said, and what do I do if the doctors start yelling at me and calling me names and being abusive towards me if I tell them no? I said, can I just talk right back to him any way I want to? He said, absolutely, you can. I said, okay. And so uh, then I realized things were just, just very wrong, very wrong. And I realized that people who had insurance and access to healthcare were actually, their lives were in danger more so than those who didn't. And I went forward at that point, um, I realized that I was not gonna be able to work for a hospital or a clinic that enforced the standard of care because the standard of care was deadly and then I needed to go into private practice. And I thought that in private practice, at least I would be free to not do, uh, not use any method I, I found to be harm, harmful. So what finally tripped it for me, the last straw where I actually just tossed and turned at night and just couldn't get any sleep because I was so upset and worried was my, I was in private practice and I had a panel of about 5,000 patients. And the first year, I think one or two people died. Second year, I think maybe one person died, two people. And I said, you know, let me go back and review the charts of these people who have died. Cause now I've got, you know, four deaths. I can review their charts. Oh my God, these people, were totally compliant, totally obedient, kept every appointment, took every drug was taken, had gone to the specialist, we'd implemented his recommendations to the letter. Not a single patient who skipped out on appointments, was disobedient, uh, lied, refused referrals, whatever. None of them died, none of them died. Then I said, oh my God, could it be that I'm a trained killer? Oh. I felt so bad. I was so upset because the one thing I really wanted to do was to be helpful. And I went into medicine so that I could be helpful because I didn't want to kill, kill or harm people. And so then that's when I got the bright idea of, okay, okay, okay. I'll give everyone a choice. Tell everyone you don't need to follow the standard of care. I'm going to tell you the standard of care because that's what I'm supposed to do, but you don't have to follow it. And here's something natural. It's your choice. Just that one statement, zero deaths. No more deaths in my medical. And that's when I realized, oh my God, it really is, you know, the, the medicine really is uh, lethal. 
And that's that was the that was steps of the last that was the last straw that that really turned it around uh, for me. And then by the time they came after me for my medical license, I realized I didn't have any business practicing medicine anyway. <laughs> I mean, I wasn't gonna follow orders and kill people. So what business did I have to do with a medical license? If having a medical license meant I had to follow these deadly protocols. And so uh, unfortunately I had quite a following and they were, you know, organizing themselves and, uh, you know, protesting the unfair treatment of Dr. Daniels. But in retrospect, it was not unfair at all. Uh, the medical industrial complex has its protocols. It's there to harm and kill people. And if you're not willing to do that, then you don't have any place there. It's like being an executioner and at death row and refusing to give the injection. You know what I mean? Get out of here. So I realized that. So, okay, fine. That's the way it is. It's my mistake for even accepting a license in the first place. Let me go forward and find ways that I can be helpful to people. Yeah, that's that's an amazing story. And I think it, um, you know, a quote from a famous gentleman, infamous gentleman, uh, you know, old man Rockefeller said competition is a sin. And I think that pretty much sums up the whole pharmaceutical model. So, you know, a lot of my early years, I thought, okay, it's about the money and these guys will do anything for money. But <laughs> along the way, I've uh, sort of um, connected other dots elsewhere. And I think right. it goes a lot deeper and a lot more sinister than that. Exactly. Um, so when I was a kid, I think about age 10 or 12, it occurred to me um, that these primitive cultures had shared fantasies, delusions, and lies that held the culture together. Maybe they believed in the rain dance. Maybe they believed in the power of uh, the medicine man. Maybe uh, they had a superstition uh, that pregnancy was caused when you spiraled a watermelon seed. But a lot of beliefs about primitive societies they had in, in, in 1960 something, uh, you know, we laughed. Was, Ugh, we're modern, we know better. That stuff is crazy, it's phosphorus. Why would anyone even believe that stuff? And of course, I was a little more thoughtful than that. I said, well, wait a minute. Could there be something that we modern people are believing that's just as preposterous? And surely not everyone on the old cultures could have been so stupid, right? So what happened then, of course, is people who did not believe the collective delusion were banished, persecuted, and killed. That's why so many people believe the delusion, because of course, it was just so obviously false and fake. People just weren't that stupid. So the question then is, what's going on in modern times that's the equivalent of those delusions historically that we now know to be false? but were necessary and important in order to hold society together and create cooperation, obedience, and collective action needed to maintain the power and economic flow. And that's where medicine fits in today. Yeah. And uh, ironically, uh, with the advent of uh, advancements in real science, not the stuff that you and I had to learn in school, but things that right. are you know, suppressed, um, a lot of those beliefs with indigenous cultures were actually very science-based. And now we understand why some of those beliefs were, in fact, a lot more true than what we learn in school today. Well, you're talking about their scientific beliefs. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking mm -hmm. about collective cultural practices 
and superstition. Mm -hmm. Things that were clearly not to the benefit of the individual to either believe or even obey. Yet they did. And so, mm -hmm. uh, you know, things like the Salem witch trials, for example, why would you burn all these women? Well, you had to burn these ladies. Why? Because they were thinking independently. They were healing their family outside of the regular uh, cultural system. They were economically uh, pursuing the actions that made their family independent of the present power structure. So uh, that's what we need to understand. And if you look at that, then you can understand, well, let's just take it back to 2008. I think that's close enough. We don't want to go too far back or people will say, eh, it's not relevant. So let's go to 2008. So in 2008, we had some collective delusions that were extremely expensive and impoverished Americans and kept them living hand to mouth. And what has happened today is the cult of COVID, the cult of infection, the cult of vaccination is replacing all of those collective delusions in order to keep people in a state of servitude, impoverished, obedient, and submissive. That's all that's going on. So if you're gonna sit here with me and discuss does a virus exist or not exist, I would say to you, you're off base. If you're gonna ask me, is the, is the vaccine safe or not safe? I would say you're being distracted. And so <clears throat> people need to understand this. And once you understand what's going on and get your eye on the ball, then you can develop a strategy, which for you is the best course going forward. In other words, just because there's no virus and just because the vaccine doesn't work, doesn't mean you shouldn't take it. Put that in your pipe and smoke it. Once you understand that, then you can put everything on the table, so to speak, and build for yourself a life going forward that you're going to be happy with. And, and it well, what is it? So if you want to clarify this and complete the analogy between 2008 and today, for example, in 2008, we had people borrowing money that they could not possibly pay back, putting themselves in perpetual servitude for a college education that was absolutely worthless, which we now know today is totally worthless. Um, then we had the other delusion of home ownership, where people literally would buy a house, spend 30 years paying three times the ticket value of the house. Again, creating incredible poverty for themselves, putting themselves in hand-to-mouth, paycheck-to-paycheck situation. So there is that, uh, there is the education um, delusion. There's, then there's a healthcare delusion. People were waking up from the healthcare delusion, like, whoa, 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 a lot of money. I don't need to spend all this money on health insurance or my health insurance isn't paying for anything. And that's why you needed Obamacare to force people to pay for premiums when they had, because they were waking up and they were pulling themselves out of the economic crisis by dropping their health insurance, which is a sensible thing to do. Then we have the retirement delusion. The delusion that you can hand the government money, however amount, amount whatever it is, expect them to safeguard it and hand it back to you, greatly multiplied, 30 years, 50 years in the future. These are serious delusions. And if you take a family in 2008, you add up all the money they spent on healthcare, education, mortgage, and retirement planning. If they did not spend any of that money in those directions, they wouldn't be living hand to mouth. They would have more than enough money to meet all their needs. But these delusions were necessary to keep people showing up, occupied, working, and obedient. 
fast forward to 2000, um, well, right where we are, 2021, or actually back up to 2020. Notice in 2020, in order to launch the COVID delusion, they had to remove all the others. Okay, can't go to school. All right, hospitals, only COVID-related illnesses. They shut down all of these alternate delusions, all of them. So they could build the new delusion to cement the society together and to cement power and to cement uh, economic activity. And that is what's going on. And once you can understand that, then you can understand the presence or absence of the virus is irrelevant. The presence or the effectiveness of the vaccine is irrelevant. That's not, that's nothing to do with anything. The, the irrelevant thing is who's gonna decide if you can hold hands with somebody and who you hold hands with? Who's gonna decide if you can scratch your butt and what you use to scratch your butt with? Who is going to make these decisions in your life, however trivial or however great? And if the answer is the central government, then I say, kick your feet up, relax, and do what you're told. Yeah. There's no, no need for discussion. Yeah, I would say the centralized theme of all those delusions is giving your power away to a quote-unquote authority. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. There's no other purpose for a delusion. Yeah. You create a delusion yeah, and to get the other person to deploy their power. And thanks so much for that, because we know the, the greatest ploy that they use is divide and conquer and, uh, you know, and distraction with everything you say. So really what everybody is arguing amongst each other is, is simply a distraction and not even the point, you know, at right. least uh, or over 20 years ago in the circles that I traveled, we were doing more than just conjecturing because we had good evidence that right about now that they would consolidate their power, their authority and everything you speak on uh, with a biological event, because it was recognized back then that that would be, you know, the most effective way to do exactly what's going on today and everything that you're talking about. Yeah. Well, I mean, the religion of right now is materialism and people are afraid to die. So why not get them with the, with the new? It's like the going back to the Catholic Church using, you know, hell and demons. Now it's the, the, the hidden bug and people are so afraid of it because they've gotten so out of touch with who they are and who their spirit is and what life's about and everything. They're so lost that it makes sense that they would use a biological, uh, you know, psyop against the world because people are so out of touch with who we are as sovereign intelligence, as consciousness. So, um, Dr. Daniels, um, how is it down in Panama? Are people really falling for the psyop down there? Well, I think, again, wherever you are, uh, that's another thing. You get to pick your reality, yes. wherever you are. So my reality is, again, virus doesn't exist, vaccine, irrelevant, and that's the way I live my life, and my world has conformed to that. So what has happened is the people who are believing, the people who feel the virus exists, who feel the vaccine is important, have left my life because they're in a state of fear. They don't want to go to the beach with me and have fun. You know, they don't want <laughs> They don't want to give me a hug because we're so excited. In fact, we have a, a joke. Uh, one of my friends, whenever I, I leave her, I said, give me your COVID. And we hug, hug each other. <laughs> 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 but I say it in Spanish. But in Spanish, it's much more um, 
sexy. Uh, forceful. Yeah. It's <laughs> stomach to COVID. Stomach to COVID. So it's much more, you know, dramatic and exciting than in English would just give me your COVID. I'm like, no, 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 stomach to COVID. <laughs> and she practically falls out laughing. She almost can't even give me a hug because she's just laughing so hard. But you have to fashion. So wherever you are, you fashion your own reality. And that is actually the secret. That's the secret. The secret is you don't need the government to make a mandate, not make a mandate, irrelevant. You need to decide how you're going to live your life and just go live it that way. Because quite frankly, no one really cares anyway. And what the system counts on is you thinking that you matter, thinking uh, that the system even cares about you. And it doesn't. So you need to just relax, decide what kind of life you want to have and live it. Now we have quite a few examples here in case people want to, you know, uh, we can look at the Mennonites, we can look at the Amish, we can look at the Luddites. Those are all excellent examples. These are people who made the decision, you know what? We're not going for it. We're just not going for it. We're not feeling it. And they have done fine. They have prospered, have excellent health, extremely wonderful economics. And so people need to understand going forward, there is a path. Now, let's take a look at some other examples. The Falun Gong. You know, they're in the news, right? This poor group, they're being persecuted here, right? And they're being killed and they're being tortured. And well, wait, wait, wait. Their organs are being transplanted. What's up with that? So why would a government, we know how busy governments are, they got stuff to do. Why would they think it's so important to persecute a particular group? And of course, kill them. But to transplant their organs, well, it's like insult the injury. Like, what's going on here? Why can't you just burn them at the stake like the witches, right? Or why can't you just, you know, chop them up in concentration camps like it did the Jews? I mean, what's with this organ transplant thing? So I said, well, I have got to get to the bottom of this. So how do you get to the bottom of this? You gotta go to the source. Go to the source. Go to the source. Go to Written by the author, the person who created the Falun Gong religion is Li Hongzhu. The point is. You have to go to the source to get the facts. So I started reading this book. Oh my God. If they landed in the United States, they would be persecuted, killed, and their organs would be transplanted. Whoa. So what happens in poor Falun Gong? Well, the poor Falun Gong, first of all, they believe in decentralized power. They don't have a minister that tells you how to live your life. That's not the way it's done. So in the United States, all of our religions, there's a church leader, there is a, and the Muslims, they have a leader, you know, in their church, and so the Jews. And so all the government has to do is compromise the leadership, and boom, all the followers will, will go, which is fine. That's why those religions were allowed. But the fellow, ah, you have your path. And we can give you advice on how to find your path, how to make your path, but you have your path. And each person has a different path. They also protest equality. They don't believe in equality. We're born unequal. We live unequal. We die unequal. It is okay. Your neighbor's got a car. Fine. He has a car. Doesn't mean you need a car. Well, what this means then is this person might decide to be materialistic, but you can't get a materialism movement going. And so because the belief is so diffuse and allows everyone to make their own decisions, you can't corral them. It's like cats. Even worse because there's no, so they believe envy is the major sin. Not material, not having money. You can be rich, not a problem, but envy is bad. So if you want to get rich, you can. But taking someone else's stuff 
and envying them and being jealous is not allowed. So how do you get rich? They even tell you how to do it. Looks really nice. They said, you have, there are things that you must do. And you, once you do those things, you will receive the things you want the universe to give you. So if you don't have a beautiful wife, it's because you've not become the kind of person a beautiful wife would want. So you have to work on you. That's it. So where is education and all that? Can't make a case for going to school. So this demolishes the education delusion. It demolishes the whole social services delusion. You don't believe in social services because the government can't give you anything. It's between you, what you were born with, and the acts you choose to commit during your life. So if a person is poor, that's fine. That's their choice and that's okay. But they have to commit different acts and those acts will bring to them the prosperity that they want. Wow. So now you have no role for government. You have no materialism or commercialism. And then the final capstone where they had to uh, exterminate them is they do not believe in healthcare. No one can make you healthy. That's fraud. And they're very clear on that. And, and, and they're very sad. And it's not even a, a harsh book. It's like, oh, we're so sad that these things are happening. So if you, your health is only the result of what you were born with and acts you committed after birth, that's it and nothing else. Nobody, no drug, no herb, nothing can create health for you. It is for you to do. And so then, obviously anti-vaccine, obviously anti-pharmaceuticals, obviously anti-hospital, the whole medical industry now evaporates. You really think the United States government would allow someone to get off a plane in the United States and spread a practice that would threaten a four or $5 trillion industry? I don't think so. But wait, what's the organ transplant thing? Why, do they, why, why are they such a prime candidate for that? Well, they don't have a whole lot of beliefs in terms of what you should and shouldn't do. They, they give you a way to sort it out for yourself. But the absolute is no alcohol and no cigarettes. Well, bingo, there you go. Excellent mm. organs. So, you know, once you read this book, and not that anyone should be Falun Gong or should not be Falun Gong, but it explains to you a way of being in the world, a way of seeing things where you actually can be happy, economically prosperous, and free of healthcare, government, and many of these huge draining economic delusions. And even as I started reading the book, I'm like, you know, I'm not a Helen Gold person, but I can see why I got kicked out of the United States. <laughs> I mean, you read this book and it becomes plain as a nose on your face. However, the same thing though, uh, even if you're still in the United States and you read the book, the way out, the way to free yourself becomes so, so, so obvious. And so I would say to anyone, uh, in this book, you could buy it, but honestly, the PDF is online for free. And um, it's written by L-I space H-O-N-Z-G-H-I. And the chapter you want to start with, don't start at the beginning because it can get, you know, things can get a little confusing and boring. You want the chapter says the issue of treating illness. And the, I can't give you the page number because the different editions number the pages differently, but that chapter is in all of them. So read the issue of treating illnesses. And I will guarantee you before you even finish reading it, you'll have to put the book down and take a gasp and a big breath. Because basically it invalidates the whole medical industry as we now know it. And uh, wasn't uh, Hippocrates about uh, a physician class that was uh, intended to really help 
their clients or their patients draw that link between themselves and spirit and find the inner physician? No. He was oh, about trying to save uh-huh. a, a profession that had so sullied this reputation through mm-hmm. nefarious, harmful acts. Mm-hmm. He was trying to uplift it a little bit so it could regain the confidence and economic flow of money. That's it. And even Hippocrates was on the wrong track. When you read Felon Gong, they discredit even him. And that's the beauty of the book, is it gives you the immediate independence, the immediate confidence to handle uh, issues in your life that before you felt incompetent to handle and were allowing yourself to be robbed and economically bled for basically false assurances. And so when Hippocrates says, oh, no, 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 you, you, you need a healer, you need a healer, and we're going to be your healer, but that, we're going to do no harm. Yeah, 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 do no harm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it has Man, been recognized. Karmic, that, no harm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It has been recognized that a lot of the classical Greek philosophers were in the elite class, and uh, you know, suspect because of that. So I, I, I absolutely hear what you're saying there. Um, they did say some good things, but again, oh, sure. you know, what their intentions were and what the outcome of their practices were—that's another thing. Uh, you know, whenever I took on a new patient, most people that came to me were. Um, you know, pretty far down the road and given up on by the conventional system. And I first thing I tell them is like, you don't need me, you don't need anybody. And my job is to help you discover why that's true. And I saw many people, you know, make the journey and and go out the other end. So Jennifer, you've been, um, you've been at this a while. And, uh, you know, you've seen this coming and you've seen what's happening. And, you know, I was out there on the front lines for a long time myself. And even though we were warning people of this exact moment, historically, it's still very surrealistic to me that it's actually happening. And are you at all surprised that it's gotten this far? I was surprised that it got this far. And I was at first really discouraged, very discouraged. However, the fact that it has gotten this far is, again, a lot of that is an illusion. Um, so, you know, I have a daughter in New York who is totally free, goes where she wants, does what she wants, and is totally unaffected by the situation. And that's because she has chosen not to be affected. At the beginning of the epidemic, my kids called up, mom, 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 what's going on? What's going on? What, what's going on? I said, it's a bunch of BS. Forget it. Live your life as if it doesn't exist. Boom. And all three of my children have economically prospered tremendously uh, during this time because they chose to ignore the situation, ignore these directives, and to continue to earn money and focus on improving their lives. And I want to say one more thing. I want to refer people to another source. Like you, people might not get the Falun Gong book. Okay, I get it. But you can go on. Uh, on the, online, and there's a recording, it's called Seth, S-E-T-H, Seth, on pandemics. So you don't need to believe anything, just need to listen to it. But Seth is an extraterrestrial being who is channeled through the consciousness of a human being on Earth who speaks through Seth. Jane Roberts? Yeah. And Seth explains what pandemics are and how they operate. Now, I'm pretty open-minded. I have to tell you, when I first heard Seth on pandemics, 
this is even though I knew that there was no virus, it was all BS. I said, wait a minute, Seth, come on. That, that's a bit much. Now, this was recorded in 1950 something. And if you listen to what Seth said on pandemic, she's like, oh my God, it's turned out to be absolutely true. Oh no. <laughs> Those of you who are trying to sort everything out, listen to Seth on pandemics, listen twice if you have to, and try to understand what he is saying. You don't have to agree with it, that's not the point. The point is to understand what he is saying. And then ask yourself, once you understand what he is saying, don't, don't, whether it's true or not, don't even worry about that because it's way beyond, I think, what people are ready to even believe. But ask yourself, is there anything that has happened so far in this COVID situation that contradicts what he said? And once, you, once you've answered that to your satisfaction, <laughs> then you have to answer for yourself how you want to proceed. And we're not in this together. And that's why I'm sitting here so relaxed. Because I know <laughs> that what you and you and you and you do has nothing to do with my life outcome. And once people realize that, then they're going to focus on what really matters and do what it takes to make their life the best it can be. And that's really all you can ask of someone. So can you share at all just a, a little hint of, uh, you know, the message that Seth had about pandemics there? So you have to ask, so, so I mean, the thing is, well, Seth, there was a 1918 blue. Well, Seth, there was the plane. Blah, blah, blah. Seth said, well, you know, I, I'm going to try and explain this to you guys, but quite frankly, all of the pandemics are nothing more than spiritual experiences. The viruses don't exist. That's not what's causing these deaths. What's causing these deaths is people who die in these pandemics, every last one of them, has a desire to die at that time. And the pandemic is a way for them to give meaning to their death. Now, he, get, he goes more and more and more and you're like, oh, this is pretty callous. Oh my gosh, oh, I don't know about this. But you look at this, you're like, oh my God. And then in the present pandemic, you're trying to say, well, well Seth, you're off base, we got to test. And then you go back to the CDC website, your website you want to, official website, don't go to Synergy or any kind of alternative, no, it's green, no, none of that stuff. They will tell you the test does not represent anything. It doesn't tell you if you were sick, are sick, or will be sick. It has nothing to do with health. And so then it's what Seth was correct. It's imaginary. Pandemic. So what are people are dying? Well, many of them, they're going to the hospital. And in New York, we have documentation that the people who were put on the ventilators were killed by the ventilators. So they're actually people who have decided that they have whatever the pandemic is. They go to receive help, submit to the drama, and the drama is what kills them. And so the, once you understand the pandemic is each individual person's desire to find meaning in their life, and you are free to find meaning in your life in another way. You can say, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm not gonna participate in this pandemic. I'm not getting tested. I'm not getting quarantined. I'm not this, not, I'm done. And you can just go back to your life. But, but once you listen to Seth, it's going to help you a lot because his whole attitude is extremely, extremely calm. And once he explains to you what's going on, it doesn't fill you with fear, it fills you with confidence. The confidence to make whatever decisions might 
fit the kind of life you want to live. He doesn't say you shouldn't participate in the pandemic. He says it's your choice. And he tells you what the pandemic is. And he tells you the spiritual meaning of the pandemic. Uh, it's, yeah, uh, I, uh, go ahead. Go ahead, Mike. You go ahead. Well, I was just going to say real quick, uh, I read Jane Roberts, uh, got back in the early seventies, I think. And, uh, one, one section that I remember to this day is, um, she, uh, she asked Seth, uh, what does this particular food group do? You know, I, I forget what it was exactly. Yeah. And Seth said, it'll do whatever you think it'll do. Exactly. <laughs> and uh, exactly. that stuck with me all of these years. And to this day, when we have the latest diet books and, you know, you got to do this or that. And, you know, and Mike and I talk about it a lot on this show. It's like, well, you know, what's right for you? What are your intentions? And, and you know, it's really not the food or anything external that can do something to you. It's, it's, it's all about you. And, uh, you know, the, the thing about... Um, choosing death as an experience and maybe getting into the whole trauma of it, it became very clear to me in my practice where you would see people that would decide to do chemo, for instance. And uh, over the years, I just recognized that is, you know, we would talk about it, you know, amongst our staff, we'd say, well, it's it's a death wish is what it is. And then of course they wear their bandanas, you know, and shave their heads and everything like with this badge of honor and, and I think it does do exactly what you said. It gives their life meaning and they really get into it. Absolutely. What we need to understand though, we who might not choose that for ourselves is that they are adults and they have the right to choose that. So I'm not gonna condemn anyone for choosing to participate in the pandemic or in the cancer ritual. They are adults and that is their right. Yeah. The, the issue is, is when they step in and then um, say, well, you must join us in the ritual, which is what the superseding power structures are always trying to play against us, right? The divide and conquer once again. Um, and we're seeing it separating families, separating communities. I mean, that is the world war we're in right now. It's the psychological, spiritual war. And they're using that divide and conquer of of fear of the germs and et cetera, do that. But it is interesting yeah. this the Seth thing totally is in line with like what the Hopis and the Zuni and these indigenous cultures talk about with these um with these times. It's almost like a, a an opportunity for it's a global upgrade that's going on right now, a miasm almost, if you will, of everybody going through it and everybody gets to make a decision on how you're going to um approach it. And we, you know, and it's exciting in that sense. It's like, wow, we're moving on. And I think it's, it's, I relate it to this moving on to this new age of Aquarius and that it's the Piscean age dying and everything you're talking about is the old Piscean age of the going to university and looking towards authority and, and giving your power away. And that was all the scientific revolution and the enlightenment was all about looking towards these other people that supposedly know the priest outside the priest class, right? Of the Catholic church and all that. And now it's like the uh, Aquarian ages is like independence, decentralized. It's you doing it yourself, but we're all connected still, which is sweet. And so, yeah, I, I, the Hopi elders talk about this right now. It's like, uh, we are going through this great transition and this is part of it. And, um, you can choose to, to take part in the, the, that, that I guess the the sloughing off of the Piscean age, which is the masks, which is the the you know agreeing with what the CDC says, 
or you can just go into source and and talk to your your higher self or whatever spiritual you want to be about it and enjoy your life and uh because you do are the master of your own universe as you say and so you're right on point with everything we talk about dr daniels um for people that are exploring these ideas right that are saying yeah you're right mike like of course but i'm still a little scared like we i have my my mom who's going through these these covid like hypoxia conditions and they're i want to send her to the hospital because i'm scared what are some things that you recommend for people that have maybe loved ones that are going through this that are trying to find this path um, no, you, no no okay again you what you're doing what you're saying to me is dr Daniels, it's a spiritual problem can you give people some non-spiritual answers? Yeah. No. So <laughs> a lot of times you have to, it takes integrity, okay? Yeah, <laughs> yeah I can tell you, oh yeah, right, you'll send me ten thousand dollars and we'll, we'll yeah, we'll wave our hands and do something. No, no. <laughs> We're gonna keep it very honest and straightforward here. If your mother is telling her, telling you she has having COVID-like hypoxia, she is telling you that spiritually she wants to be a part of the COVID drama. Mm-hmm. That's her choice to enter into that. And for you to say, well, what can we do naturally for this COVID thing? You're trying to be halfway in and halfway out of this COVID drama. And you're literally spiritually tearing yourself apart. Mm-hmm. So what you really need to do is separate the two, your spirit and your mother's spirit, right? Can she die? You're not going with her, let's just say. So you say to mom, who's having COVID hypoxia, mom, what would you like to do? I want to go to the hospital. Great mom. And take her to the hospital. Now, maybe they'll kill her, maybe they won't. But she's going to decide what experience she wants to have. And when she's had enough, or they've taken her close stuff to death, so she's not ready to die, she'll tell me, buzz off, I'm going home. So that's what my mother did. Oh, the drama, the drama, the drama. So mom, you know, had this whole drama where she would go to the hospital and they would admit her. And they would do blah, blah, blah. Of course, they made her worse. And then eventually they would send her home when they wanted to send her home. So finally, uh, the last time around, you know, the whole drama took place. She demanded to be taken to the hospital, which she was. And um, they said, well, you know, you're really not that sick. You just need rehab. Okay. So they send her to the rehab center. The COVID thing hits. So with COVID, no one can get within six feet of her. So how do you rehab an 89-year-old lady from six feet away? Right. And she had, uh, so they, they, she had no water because she was too weak to feed to drink and no one would help her drink. So she had no water. She had no food. They allowed her to lay in her own soil and just on and on and on and on, on. Well, finally, uh, well, of course, she wanted them to respect her, you know, blah, 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 blah. And so she started demanding attention and yelling and screaming. And they started injecting her with Thorazine and beating her. And so finally, you know, we get the call that uh, she's had enough. Well, I say, okay, mom, are you ready to come home? <laughs> so uh, then she approaches near death. She lapses into a coma. And so that because she lapses in a coma, they take her to the hospital which for us is a great move because now we can spring her free from the hospital. So once she got to the hospital, we then activated our contacts, got her classified as about to die and sent home in hospice before she died. So her death would not be on the hospital's tab because they tested her for COVID and they couldn't get a, co- a positive test. So she came home on hospice in a coma. And, you know, uh, my daughter went there, cooked for her, fed her, everything. 
and um, she woke up. Now, she did have some problems, open sores everywhere, maggots growing in her wounds, whatever. So finally what happened over the period of the last, I don't know, six weeks is she decided that she had enough of the drama. She was done. So she refused all medication, disobeyed all orders. And now she's awake, she's alert, she's talking, she's making phone calls, she's paying her own bills, she's using her walker, she's doing her bed exercises. But she had her I'm sick experience care for me. And she wasn't ready to die. And she stopped, refused, she refused everything. Because they sent her home in hospice and gave us orders to give her this much morphine every single day. She should be dead in a week, which was true if we gave her the morphine. But we didn't give her anything they recommended. So what this guy needs to understand is it's up to his mother when and where and how she wants to die. It's not up to him. And that's really what this is about. And so if I were him, I would just say, hey, mom, what do you want? And whatever she wants is fine. And whatever he wants to do with his health, that's his business. But if he wants to respect his mother in her, in his, in her old age, then the, the best thing he can do really is to give her respect and to abide by her wishes. And she knows what to do to stop them from killing her because she, she can feel that she's being harmed. And she's like, oh, okay, I'm enough. I'm enough. I'm not ready to die yet. Bye. Yeah, no, that's, that's so, so on point. So within this context, we could almost look at, um, you know, the mass vaccines and all the damage that, that you know, that's now obviously right. occurring. Uh, we can right. almost look at that as uh, experience exposing the truth and possibly in the long run or even the short run healing more or as many people as natural health modalities uh, just uh, well no uh, another dimension back to the experience it's giving no it's another dimension no because these mm -hmm. people got vaccinated got vaccinated because of a spiritual experience they were seeking and they received that experience which was maybe the approval of the group for example so no don't expect anyone to turn their back on medicine because the vaccine yeah. harmed them that. What yeah. is happening though? Question: Why would why now? Why why would they have to create this big uh, diversion right now to get everyone to look at this, pay attention to this, put the resources into this? And this is the reason why. Yeah. Okay. With this device, this computer, anybody, I would say, age fourteen or more, can make millions of dollars, set themselves free economically. It's to distract them from using this to free themselves, to distract them from using available technology to set themselves free. And that's all it is. And once I finally and told my kids, stop it, ignore it, do your own thing. You know, they're making between 10 and $20,000 a month each. On the flip side though, that's yeah. the tracking device we all carry. That's part of the great reset. So oh, it's no, 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 no. You don't need to carry the device. You just need to use the technology. You can put apps in place. You can use AI. You can have AI working, leave this thing in the closet and go do your thing. So this is not, I'm not talking about being attached to this. What I am talking about is using and organizing technology for your own personal benefit. And there's so much technology out there that can free the average person so quickly and so easily that they've got to keep that person constantly distracted and off balance and not accessing that technology. Yeah, that's what I was going to yeah. say, because I'm a technologist and I was 
going to say that the duality right of of this plane of existence is that and right. we get we get attacked all the time because i'm a technologist and we love technology we use it that's what we're doing right now that's how we're spreading this right. amazing information and, and it's like some people are like so anti it now they're like well, there's a big movement everyone's getting rid of their phones and everyone wants to go back to the 1800s and i'm like i'm like no that is not what we're doing well, here do that too. sure that's the choice Sure, that is their choice. But in terms of community, I'm also a fan of, of a community coming together as a tribe to work together to develop the new. And to do that, this technology is so empowering to do that. And so we do that. Basically, what you're saying is respect others, but also don't give up your autonomy. Don't give up your, your sovereignty to right. power right. and use this for your own good because it is so amazing. Have you heard, though, of this new thing that came up this week about the Bluetooth stuff with the jabbed? Have you seen uh, this? I, I was just about to bring that up. <laughs> okay, so there's been these viral videos going around of people turning on their Bluetooth by people that they know have been vaxxed because they have to be in a certain area to get in there to have to prove it to like a public beach in Spain or something. And all of a sudden it's like ding, 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 ding. All these anonymous Bluetooth same looking numbers are coming up. So there's this theory that everyone's got a chip in them now, a nano chip from specific, maybe the AstraZeneca or some specific uh, uh, jab. So Interesting, the AI, the nanotech, the great reset, all that stuff is, is at play here too with those who choose that spiritual path. Is the is the agenda to separate spirit from us and put us into, as Steiner would say, an A-sphere uh, robotic AI um, reality that isn't even allowing us to do what Seth Speaks talks about? That, to me, is frightening. Um, I think there's a lot of ways to interpret any set of data. So what you just explained to me happening is totally explained by people having vax passes on their phones and having um, the each phone recognizing who's around you and who's been vaccinated. So that's very well, I understand that. But the, the video, though, the one that was everyone's tripping on is this people just swimming in, an, in a lake and she's out there over them on the lake and they're all pinging. So that was what was the weird one. It's the one you can see that's in Spain. And it's like because there's other ones that people go in Walmart and in and, and hotels and stuff. And that could be explained away. But the one with the people swimming in the lake, it's like they don't have their phones on them. And it's only 40 feet, 20 feet, 40 feet for Bluetooth is something pinging out of these people. So I'm just putting it out there. Okay, uh, Interesting stuff. So that's, that's a possibility. So there's a lot of things with that. For example, uh, you know, I'm not in favor of getting the shot and regretting it. I'm saying if you're going to get the shot, get the shot, and just kind of own it, right? But it turns out that part of these electronic particles remaining in your body and attaching to your cell membranes and controlling you is having a low cholesterol diet. The cell receptors are made out of cholesterol. So if you have a high cholesterol diet, your immune system will actually detect the cell membranes that have these particles attached, pop them out, put them through the liver into the toilet and replace them with the cholesterol you just ate. So in other words, if you have a high cholesterol diet, you have an automatic cleansing mechanism that flushes this stuff out. And this is why in order to do this, they had to sell the world on a low cholesterol diet. Mm. And you're not going to achieve the level of cleansing I just explained to you with a cholesterol under, say, 250. 
And they've convinced everyone, natural or otherwise, their cholesterol needs to be 200. So you, you can go online. You'll see these natural healers. Oh, I can get your cholesterol down to 200 naturally without drugs. Yeah, it's all natural. But they're still setting you up for the uh, impregnation of this electronic materials. So you need a high-fat, high-cholesterol diet so your body can constantly go through maintain the cell membranes and constantly dump all this crap out. Now it might take your body, I don't know, a couple of weeks to dump all the crap out uh, if you have a high cholesterol, high fat diet. But if you have a low cholesterol diet, it will hang on to those cholesterol parts and those particles really forever. So people need to understand their role in creating the susceptibility in their bodies and preparing their bodies to be uh, taken over. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense with the, with the graphene oxide lipid layer. What you're saying is that's replacing the natural lipid layers you would generate through cholesterol and, and eating, you know, healthy fats, raw dairy, like we're big fans of raw butter and uh, I, coconut oil for me and stuff like that. We're huge fans of that, um, that aspect of health. So that makes a lot of sense. Go ahead, Bear. Many Many times over the years, clients would come into me very proud with their last lab results. And they said, oh, my cholesterol's down to 180. And I'd look at it and say, okay, we got to get it up to at least 250. So I'm glad you said that. Yeah. <laughs> and of course, it yeah. sells a lot of statin drugs as well. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Now, I want to talk about the fat. So uh, things like the coconut oil, um, I, I can't get next to that. However, cholesterol... The, the best source of cholesterol, number one best source of cholesterol, 10 times more powerful than even liver is brain, cow brain. And notice 40, 40, 50 years ago, they vilified cow brain through mad cow disease. It doesn't even kill two people a year by their own count. Say sos. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the say sos tacos. I love them. I get them here. Yeah, but if you eat a diet rich in animal brain, then again, it removes all this crap from your brain and your body now has the ability to renew your brain, replace your brain, take out these chips and flush them down the toilet uh, through your liver with your poop. And so if people went back to eating uh, cow brain, went back, it went back to maintaining their cholesterol to levels of 300 plus, went back to eating saturated fat, and I don't mean coconut oil, I'm talking pig fat, tallow, whatever, you know, animal fat based stuff, then all of this uh, technological sensitivity, monitoring, tracking, tracing, blah, 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 would be ineffective. What about avocados? What avocados? Mm -hmm. Can't send a boy to do a man's job. And so <laughs> what you need is animal fat literally animal fat. There's no plant that will take care of it. And that is the issue the vegans are facing. Um, they're just kind of like sitting ducks. Hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of spiritual debate about that. The spiritual gurus, you know, that talk about the, um, the, the eating death, bringing death into you, it creates death. Uh, we've talked about this a lot with my friends that, and, and colleagues that are very in, in line with the spiritual stuff. So that's why I'd like the avocado and, and coconut and, and those things that come from the sun that are, you know, more in line with spirit are, are very trendy at the, at the moment. 
again, what you got to do is own your decisions. If you, for spiritual reasons, believe it's evil to eat animals, no problem. Just realize that you're going to be more susceptible to this electronic tagging and marking and your body's not going to be able to recover from it. And that's fine. You accept that as part of your spiritual path. You know, that is the way to handle that. But to try and say, well, my spiritual belief is correct and therefore my spiritual belief gives the best possible health outcome. No, your spiritual belief is your belief and it's correct because you believe it. It may not give you the best possible outcome, but that's not the point. The point is it's your spiritual path. You value it and you're sticking to it and that's fine. Yeah. So would you think that raw butter and eggs and things like that are a, a good second choice? Not even? Don't send a boy to do a man's job. <laughs> no. So if you look at the cholesterol content of, say, brain, um, mm -hmm. it's like 2.5 grams per 100 gram serving. For liver, it's uh, 0.4 grams. For an egg, it's 0.3 grams. So you're looking at 0.3 grams versus 2.5 grams? Come on. Are you going to eat a dozen eggs a day? I tried it. It's a big job. A dozen eggs a day. When I played football, I used to uh, start every day with putting 12 eggs in a blender and drinking it down to maintain my body weight. <laughs> exactly. But that's not something yeah. that is practical for, for most people. Egg. But then yeah. even then, you still now... Where's your serving of saturated fat? Got to get that serving in. Now you have another problem. Yeah, yeah you know, on the, on okay. when people that are in the survivalist situations, um, they feel best when they finally get into that uh, piece of meat where they get to eat all the organs and everything. I know right. and it really rejuvenates and recharges them. Uh, and there's something to be said about that. I, I, another question I have is maybe part of the dark agenda of the, all the nanotech and AI is to force people back into eating that stuff. Um, and that's just the nature of the reality here on this planet of the archons or controllers that are forcing us into that. Maybe there, I, I just always feel there is a way spiritually to over, always overcome that. Like you're saying, if that's your spiritual path, I, mind over matter in the end. So I think we can literally meditate and go into us and see the little AI stuff and inject them out of us if we really are that in tune and that spiritual and that adept. Most people aren't, of course. So eat some brains or eat some um, pork fat. So I was vegan for 20, 26 years. And I was obviously if you're doing so for 26 years, you're devout, you're devoted to it. And I was, however, I did receive all of those complications of the malnutrition of not enough cholesterol, the, the, the chronic fatigue of, uh, you know, not enough connective tissue, the weakness, the, the physical inability to lift more than say one pound, which is fortunate because all I do is my hands on the keyboard and type. <laughs> but, you know, the, the object of reality cannot be um, avoided. So if you don't have enough cholesterol in your body to maintain all of your cell membranes, they will not be maintained. And if the amount of electronic particles that you are bombarded with is more than the cholesterol your body has to, that it can safely eject, then you're going to hold on to those particles. So yes, there is a mind over manner component, but that elasticity range is just that it's an elasticity range. And when you go outside that range, then, you know, you're going to have consequences. So for me, 
what got me to stop being vegan was I woke up one day and realized, oh, I can't get out of bed. <laughs> I'm too weak. Yeah. <laughs> I, I had a similar experience where I went on for a good number of years, a very strict, um, uh, not just vegan, but, you know, 100% raw. And in some ways for a while I felt good, but then exactly. it started backfiring on me, you know, because, yeah. you know, not that many years prior, I was a 280 pound football player and I could, you know, had very good strength and, you know, and all that sort of thing. Right. And uh, then one day when I went to the gym and could, you know, hardly bench press anything anymore. I said, okay, this is enough. But I think the biggest um, mistake that people make with any kind of diet is that they follow an ideology rather than following what their body's telling them what to do. Exactly. Exactly. I tell people your body is never wrong. Your body is mm -hmm. never wrong. If you are doing something and you are feeling worse, you're doing the wrong thing. Now, maybe you don't know what the right thing is, but for sure, what you are doing is the wrong thing. So your body is never, ever wrong. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree with that. And I think that's a job of any good physician is just getting people in touch with listening uh, to themselves. You know, I always had an ambivalence even in natural medicine because I had a strong belief system that there's no such thing as somebody healing somebody else. So I thought natural exactly. medicine was more of a two-step for people that maybe are going in that direction and that natural, uh, you know, remedies and herbs and, and dietary changes were, you know, can maybe get them, you know, help them redirect themselves away from the conventional system. So I saw great value in that, but then I also saw that uh, I, I just to this day fail to think that something outside of us is going to have the ability to heal us, period. I don't care what it is. Exactly. And that's the fundamental flaw. So the person says, oh, I'm through with that modern medical complex, and then turns their, their uh, attention towards, I don't know, acupuncture or chiropractic or whatever. Now, all they've done is taken their faith from one external thing and put it into another external thing. They still haven't come to the personal responsibility issue that everything they need to heal is inside of them. And their healing is their work that they have to do. Yeah. You know, um, to me, it was very obvious how things work because in, in my prior life, I was a jock. I played sports at a high level and, uh, you know, I, I was a student of uh, diet and anything that I thought workout, you know, training techniques that I thought would give me an edge. Um, but then, you know, the conclusion always was, well, I still have to do the work. I still exactly. have to bring my attributes into it. You know, either you're an athlete or not, no kind of food or training's going to make you into an athlete or get you to that elite level. So I think uh, that carried over into my medical practice of like, hey, guys, you know, you, you got to do something here. It's not just these things outside that are going to make you. Right. No one can do it for you. Like no one could do mm -hmm. your gym workout or your reps or your practice or eat that diet you had to do it. And that's what people are missing. And as long as they believe the government can do it, uh, the drug companies can do it, the doctor can do it, uh, that someone else collectively is going to uh, enhance their life and make their life what it should be, then they're never going to succeed. They're always going to be unhappy. They're always going to fall short. It is interesting that there is a war on uh, natural good organic meat these days and they're replacing it with bugs and fake stuff. 
So <laughs> especially, yeah. you know, um, getting us away. What I always say is too, if you just look back at like natural man or woman, what did we do? We got up when the sun came up, we grew our own food. We, we, um, we ate the organ meat. We ate the entire animal. We right. uh, cooked by, we were by fire, not, you know, we had the four elements around us at all times. We were grounded on the plant, on the earth. We, mm-hmm. we breathed good air, all that stuff. Go back to that. Like the more you can go back to that, you're going to be all good. So, um, you know, that's why we say get out of this. Personally, I believe, and I know Dr. Daniels, you'll probably say, well, everybody's on their own trip. And if you want to be in the heart of Baltimore or Brooklyn or whatever, good for you, you know, but I, I personally say it's, it's hard and much more difficult nowadays to have the spiritual elevation and, um, sovereign by living in those places. Um, what say you about the America, the state of the American big city right now? Um, I think first we have to be careful about presuming that other people want a certain thing or presuming mm-hmm. there's one ideal or that there's a spiritual level everyone should aspire to or achieve. And there are many people who are living at a spiritual level they're very comfortable with and that level might be in a very big city. And mm-hmm. I don't think we should, as I say, hate on them because yeah. they picked that particular spiritual level. I'll give you an example. There's this big story of the internet. It's, it's a very sad story, but it's very enlightening. There is this uh, TikTok big influencer and she was one of these workout people and she developed this conversation with this um, police officer, no fireman or police officer, I forget which, police officer, I think, in Camelback, Arizona. Uh, and she went to visit him. Within 24 hours, she was dead. What happened? So what we know happened is she arrived at 4 p.m. one day. They got up the next day and decided to go walking at 10 a.m. on Camelback Mountain. I happen to have sold books through the door on Camelback Mountain. So I can tell you what Camelback Mountain is like in August. So in Camelback Mountain in August, if you're not acclimated, you can die in about three or four hours easy. And that's just from the, the heat. The heat is, is, is terrible. But if you're acclimated, you can go walking on Camelback Mountain at 10 a.m. with no water, which is what her boyfriend did. And she walked with him. And then she said, oh, I don't feel well. The conversation was, he says, oh, I'll go back with you. Oh, no, no, you go ahead and take pictures that I can put on my website, my influencer channel. She walked back by herself. So, uh, he got back to the car. She wasn't there. Called 911 and they found her body dead. So what happened? So here we have a person who was living at a, on a spiritual frequency in a city. She shifted her frequency drastically. Her physical body could not handle that frequency change and she died. So I would really be very cautious about telling anybody that their present spiritual frequency is wrong and they need to change it. And I know the right frequency by going. But I think what people need to understand is that they do have a frequency. And what they can understand is they can change that frequency and that it's their responsibility to do it in a way that's responsible and safe. Now, that brings us back to the Falun Gong people. So what the Falun Gong say is there are many different levels of existence. And each one of us exists on a different level of our own choosing, and that is fine. And so what I say then about those cities 
is people who want to live there should live there at the frequency that they're comfortable with. And people who are not comfortable with that frequency need to find a circumstance at a frequency that they're comfortable with, maybe higher, maybe lower. A higher frequency, not necessarily better than a lower frequency. They're just different uh, frequencies. But you know, it takes more than one uh, type to make a world. And so I'm very, I, I'm obviously on a frequency of my own, so to speak. <laughs> and I'm very thankful for all the people in the world who are on different frequencies. <laughs> oh, yeah. It would be boring to have a radio station with one radio station, you know? <laughs> It's like, that's the great analogy, right? The lower radio station isn't anything worse than one. 92.3 is not worse than 105.5. It's just exactly. different different frequencies. And that's great because I have friends that are in the heart of the mast LA and they're, and they're holding their light and that's their place and that's their vibe and that's what they're into. And who am I to tell them, hey, get out and you know start a homestead. So um, I love that. And it might be good advice to, uh, you know, whether it's a dietary change or anything in your life, a living situation, uh, allow yourself to accommodate with a transitionary period to kind of ease into things and don't just change overnight because somebody said, oh, eat this way or, or this place is a good place to live. Or have a guide, which she did have his boyfriend she came to visit and respect them. When he says, oh, I'll walk back with you. Like, oh, okay, guess what's going on I mean, I'm, I'm in Rome, do as the Romans do, or, you know, I, so I went to a different country, totally different from the United States, a language I did not speak. The only thing I knew in Spanish was hola when I got here. <laughs> but I said, wait a minute, let me proceed with caution. And these people have lived a long time without me. The stuff they're doing probably makes sense on some level. So let me be cautious. Um, and non-judgmental in observing things before I make any drastic decision. And so in my case, the situation I had choice, I have, do I want to do things? Oh, why did I do that with the United States? And I could, but it was frightfully expensive, right? So you're going to live in the tropics the way you lived in Syracuse, New York. It's going to be very expensive to try and cool the tropics down to New York, to Syracuse, New York level. And a lot of other things were very, very different. So uh, you've got to look around the people and whatever the changes you aspire to, see if you can find a guide to help you understand the other transitions from where you're going to where you want to be. For example, four years ago when my husband died, I was very weak physically. Literally, it took two sticks or canes for me to go hiking more than 12 steps, let's say. And so I need to transition from that to where I'm today, where I'm doing left front splits, right front splits, uh, assisted handstands, back bridges, and, you know, sky's the limit pretty much. That transition took an adjustment of my schedule. So I did just what I do with my day. I had to drastically change what I eat. I had to change uh, the supplements I was taking. I had to change my physical activity, all of these things. I don't know, I had to change my beliefs dramatically. I had to change even my attire, the clothes I wear, totally different, um, just to permit the increased range of motion of my joints and physical activity. I had to change all the furniture in my house. The furniture I had before was totally inappropriate. I don't need um, armrests and 
other assistive whatevers. So my whole life changed dramatically. And I could not have made that change in, I don't know, 10 minutes or something. And so people need to understand is when you decide that you're going to move to a different frequency, it requires a tremendous amount of change, you know, internally, externally, and in many different facets of your life, even my social life, totally different dramatically. So doctor, are you uh, doing any practice in Panama now? Nope. But the truth is I never did. So mm -hmm. once I left the United States, I was pretty much virtual. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And um, did you, well, one thing I want to say about the frequency right on point, I think everything's frequency. And I think based on your frequency is your reality. So, and that's exciting. If everyone under, could understand that, that's going back to we create our own reality is through our frequency. And that's so important. Um, uh, but uh, Dr. Jennifer, uh, did you want to uh, explain to our audience what um, the product is you sell? And um, because I know we have some people in our community that love love them. And because I know that's kind of your main thing you're doing now. You've you've yeah. expanded out from doing practice to now reaching a, a global audience with your, right. your, you know, your platform and then your products. And of course, your turpentine solution. And I'd love to talk to you too a little bit about that real quick uh, in terms of you know, traditionally, we have talked about it as a um, as a as a means to um, as an anti you know to cleanse parasites. But you actually do it as like a daily protocol. Oh yeah, absolutely. So, uh, for those who are not like familiar with the whole thing, uh, they can go to my website vitalitycycles.com, download the free report, and it's about thirty pages long. It tells you everything you ever want to know about how to use turpentine topically and internally to heal. And literally what I found, which totally blew me away in the 90s, was that knowledge of turpentine and how to use it can literally totally replace your dependency on the medical industrial complex. So we're talking about basically between 10 to 50 bucks a year to handle all of your healthcare issues. And that just and when I left the country, I'm like, what better gift to give the world than knowledge about turpentine? Now, to be clear, I don't sell turpentine. Do not sell turpentine. So it's even a bigger gift to people that they are free to go get the cheap stuff from the hardware store or buy the expensive organic stuff, you know, whatever. No matter how much money you pay for the turpentine, you just, it's just such a blessing. It is so much less expensive and more effective. And it, transforms your life and your body into a coordinated working organism that can give you so much more functionality and happiness and prosperity than you would have without it. It's just, I just can't say enough. <clears throat> so I discovered this turpentine while I'm practicing medicine in the 90s. And I was helping people heal by changing their diet at the time, recommending a vegan diet. And most people truthfully were able to give up half of their meat and that generally cured everything that they were experiencing. So they didn't even have to go vegan. They just went halfway, gave up half their meat, bam, done. But one thing I found nobody could heal with, it was constipation. And then I had to figure out, well, how many bowel movements to take to heal someone from arthritis or hypertension or chronic pain? And the answer was three a day. Once you're having three poops a day, then that 
puts you at a space where you're eliminating waste fast enough where your body can accept nutrition and replace and repair things. You can think of it like renovating your kitchen and not having a way to remove the old appliances. As soon as someone comes in and starts taking out the old appliances, like, oh, right, great. We can put a new fridge here, a new stove there. We can tear out the floor, yeah, put in a new floor. So now all of a sudden you can renovate and renew everything. And so pooping three times a day was the basis of everything. And so I was encouraging people to have more poops. And I found myself getting into pretty heated arguments over people who refused to poop three times a day. And finally, I had to say to them, what are you doing? Are you, are you saving it for something? You're going to bequeath it? You know, it's poop for Christ's sake. Let go of it. And finally, one guy said to me, Doc, look, we've talked enough about this. You get me a capsule I can swallow and make me poop. I'll take it and I'll poop. I said, okay, fine. I got to work on it. And then I came up with boom, Vitality Capsules. Vitality Capsules. A new label of the forest there, Vitality Capsules. And so... I developed vitality capsules. I ground up the herbs in my kitchen. My son packed the capsules at the dining room table and we put them all into sterile urine sample containers and sold them at the office. People loved them so much. It literally, there was a line on Fridays to buy vitality capsules. People said, I want my vitality capsules. I want to make sure I have a good weekend. And Could so, you repeat that website again? Vitalitycapsules.com. Vitality. I've uh, I'm sorry, cycles. Yeah, I was... <laughs> I've got it in uh, the chat. <laughs> I've got it in the chat on both chats here, and uh, <laughs> we'll have it in the show link below too, so people can access that. So maybe this is why inherently, intuitively, my my sons are so obsessed with poop. <laughs> it's like constant. They're uh, eight and ten. It's constant poop and butt jokes all day long. Oh yeah, no, that's just the age that they are. Oh, I know, I know. Pooping regularly. <laughs> oh no, so, they totally are, but it's funny. It's like poop, 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 poop. It's like kids are just obsessed with it. But hey, that makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah. So then um, it turns out that in order to take turpentine safely and comfortably and easily, you need to poop three times a day. You need to take, take a tremendous amount of water. And of course, stop eating um, the sugar refined foods that parasites like. And as with any other herbal intervention, I found that once people got the pooping three times a day and drinking the water and changing their diet, a lot of times they didn't even need the turpentine. They were just fine. So, you know, I really tell people, look, take a stepwise approach. If you don't drink water, nothing is going to work. There's no herb known to man that's going to help you if you're dehydrated. So here, drink water and drink purified water. And now we're in an era where the government is um, not really providing us with healthy stuff. So I would not trust the tap water. Get your own water purification system, purify the tap water, take it from there. Um, so make sure you get a, a supply of clean water and lots of it. And you know, drink about one quart for every 60 pounds of body weight. The next thing you wanna do is poop three times a day. That's where vitality capsules come in. Why aren't people pooping three times a day? Because they're doing what we're doing. They're sitting. They're sitting way too much. They're sitting in chairs. They're sitting in cars. They're sitting to eat. They're just sitting. It's just our culture. And so the vitality capsules help you poop uh, three times a day. And then once you're pooping three times a day, now you're drinking and you're cutting out your preserved foods, 
Now it's time for turpentine. And I actually put my turpentine in a jar of Shiloh, and I get my turpentine from the local hardware store. I, I walk up there and I bring my jug, my unlabeled jug, and they go to the bag vat and pump turpentine into it. <laughs> you have to work with what you have where you are. And um, I take a half teaspoon a day over a teaspoon and a half of sugar. But go to vitalitysamples.com, get the Candida Cleaner Report, and it'll give you instructions on understanding turpentine and how to personalize it for your use. Yep. I'm looking forward to reading that. You know, people need to understand turpentine is an age-old remedy. It's nothing new and it's it's nothing more than a resin right. from a tree. So it's, you know, you could look at it as an essential oil or something. I learned uh, about it from an old time doctor and started using it in my practice. So in about 1980 or so. And, uh, you know, back then it was more confined to just, you know, for people that had parasitic problems, but then it became much more than that over the years. I, you know, was able to use it for other things. So uh, I'm, uh, as soon as we're done here today, I'm going to download all your stuff on the site and uh, see how you go about it. So that's great. And uh, these Vitality capsules look fantastic too, because, you know, that's probably, as you know, one of the biggest complaints uh, in anybody's practice is they can't go. Exactly. And they're, they're correct to be concerned about, uh, you know, not going. So that is, uh, that's, that's very, very important. And I know that as I've seen you discuss previously, you guys take a lot of, as, as we do with our products, uh, very serious where you get the yeah. herbs and the uh, ingredients from. Not only that, we test them and we test them. We uh, do laboratory testing. We test for, for microbes, for purity. We even have people who swallow the herbs to make sure that they actually have the effect that we expect them to have, so for potency. And we, we really take that very, very seriously because we want people to get better. We want them to do better. And that's the whole uh, purpose. I want to say one more thing about the turpentine thing. And so if you look at the Merck manual, the first edition of the Merck manual, which is 1899, it lists turpentine as the cure, the remedy for each and every disease. Fascinating. Yeah. It, uh, and it's interesting that it's a, basically uh, comes, as you were saying, bear from pine trees. Correct? Is yes. it pine? Yes. Is it? Isn't that funny how pine? I've been talking about pine a lot recently because people are talking about pine needle tea. It's come very trendy again, and um, it's such a fascinating tree with so many different elements to it. Um, so the nature and the spirit, and it's called spirits. I mean, turpentine is pine spirits. It's the spirits. Pure gum uh, spirits. Pure gum spirits. So, and this gets into alchemy and all sorts of fascinating topics, but I've done it. Um, I've done it. I do it on the, the classic way that you used to talk about, and I've seen you do it now just on the spoon, but I've done the three sugar yeah. cube, yeah. drop it through the sugar cube thing, eat the sugar cubes. Uh, very familiar with that practice. I've had it, my kid do it when he had some parasites, and the only thing he didn't like was the castor oil after. Do you still recommend doing it? <laughs> The castor oil, because he's like, I, he didn't mind the sugar cube with the with the terps, but the castor yeah. oil swig after. Um, with castor oil, I'm a huge fan of castor oil too. Another old Asian remedy that everyone should have in their house. Um, I would say, especially for a kid, I'm a to totally in favor of castor oil. Give that kid a tablespoon a week, and that will keep <laughs> him well behaved and you know really in good health. 
Yeah. Um, anything else you recommend? Because one thing we're the title of this, you know, of this show is never go to the hospital again. Anything else for the home um, for those that uh, really want to stock their home um, uh, cabinet or their, you know, their home kit besides terps and um, something like castor oil, anything else you yeah, recommend? Yeah, kind of castor oil, definitely vitality capsules. Um, but I think people need to take a different attitude. They need to take an attitude of uh, prevention. Does what do you do so that you're just not ever going to get sick? That is so, so important. And for that, um, really the turpentine and the vitality capsules make a huge difference. The vitality capsules also promote your circulation. So now the blood goes all over your body to pick up all the waste that it was ignoring. Um, and the vitality capsules also get the bile ducts and the liver to empty. So now when you poop, you got more crap in your poop and it's more uh, effective. The other thing I'd like to mention is you mentioned earlier um, sensitivity to electromagnetic uh, frequencies, EMF sensitivities. And so what we're really talking about is ionizing and non-ionizing radiation. And so it turns out that there is a cure for ionizing and non-ionizing uh, radiation that's actually food. And you take it and it protects you from both. And they've done studies in this showing that they, they, they exposed rats to a deadly dose of ionizing radiation. They gave them this food, bam, the rats did not die who got the food. And so what is this food? This food is black squid ink, black squid ink. And so it turns out that black squid ink uh, protects you from ionizing and non-ionizing radiation. It also reverses Parkinson's. It also shrinks tumors. I'm like, whoa, whoa, what is that? How come when I look up Parkinson's cure, black squid ink doesn't come up? Well, because I'm not in charge of search algorithms. But if you Google black squid ink health benefits, it's like, oh my God. So uh, what the black squid ink does is it shrinks harmless tumors and even cancerous tumors. And if you, again, just Google it, you'll find there's many research articles in the National uh, Library of Medicine that document this. And every article concludes with, we cannot share this with the public at this time because we've not yet isolated the active component that we can market as a pill. More research needs to be done. Fascinating. Now, how expensive is this miracle cure? It costs a about $6 a month. Interesting. I've, I've had so black squid ink before. It's quite delicious, mm -hmm. actually. I've had it in Japanese food and different kind of gourmet right. stuff. Yeah. A, yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Go ahead, Bear. Yeah, I've, I've never tried that. And it looks like there's actually some products out there. I'm just Googling this as we're talking. So uh, oh, yeah. uh, another great pearl that you dropped here. That's interesting, too, because we're big fans of shungite as uh, remediating EMF um, and unwinding the, the unnatural um, waves of like 5G and stuff. And that's b dark black too, as is. Um, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, also um, Shilajit is a dark mm -hmm. black substance. So there's something to that, um, you know, yeah. ethereal nature of these things. Oh, there you go. Yeah. What these black things do is they absorb the radiation. Yeah. They absorb the radiation and diffuse it and shield your cells. 
Yeah, that's mm-hmm. fantastic. I remember watching Iron Chef back in the day as a big like Food Network nerd, and they would do really cool stuff with black ink, uh, with squid ink, making pasta out of it. Yeah, you can, you can do all sorts of cool stuff with that. So right. that's fantastic. Yeah. So one thing I've been really connecting with um, a lot of illness lately around where we are in a very rural area is they just launched these new 5G towers, and we've had a whole like. COVID outbreak here of people um, that are being negatively influenced by these, um, by this radiation. So, right, so they could eat this. This is yeah. something they could eat uh, between a quarter teaspoon and a teaspoon a day. And you don't even need to take it every day because it stays in your system. So I try to take about two teaspoons a week. Fantastic. Um, that is great. Thanks for that. Um, I'm going to look into that. That's fantastic. Yeah. And I, I love it. I don't have any more like these vibrational feelings when I get close to my uh, computer kind of thing. So it gets rid of all of that stuff. And it's just amazing. It also contains uh, dopamine. It contains uh, melanin. And so it re- re- renews, refreshes your body's uh, neuro- neurological system. So these, uh, this is the next phase I'm entering in my life is exploring all of these uh, different things I'm discovering. And it's just, so many discoveries at such a fast rate that, uh, you know, I just need to be able to devote more time to it. Yeah. Yeah. It's all connecting to the endocrine system. And of course the lymphatic system, the two systems that are least known in modern science, you know, and, um, that's, uh, really our ability to heal ourselves. I mean, we're just assisting ourselves with nature and all that nature gives us. So, um, that is fantastic. Thanks for that little nugget. Uh, anything else we want to talk about to wrap this up? This has been an amazing conversation. Of course, uh, vitalitycycles.com is the place to find uh, the products from Dr. Daniels. And then, of course, you're on, now on Vimeo, correct? That's where you're living now. In- yes, I am on Vimeo. But I also, like I said, post the uh, videos on my own site, vitalitycycles.com. So definitely check out vitalitycycles.com. We have a tab for replays. And that has the archives all the way back to the good old RBN days and, you know, blog talk radio days. Fantastic. It's a beautiful site. I'm on it right now. Good job as a web developer. I'm yeah, I'm on it uh, as well. And I just downloaded the Candida Cleaner. So I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to reading that. And this has been uh, so great. Uh, just, just a wonderful chat. And you truly are a light to the world there. So thank you so much for sticking your neck out for on behalf of all of us. And uh, let's let's keep in touch. Absolutely. And uh, yeah. Yeah. And when we uh, eventually make it out to Panama, um, which we're really looking forward to, we still have the the flight, uh, uh, you know, credit and everything. So um, we were bummed that we couldn't do that. We had the whole thing planned. We were going to Boca and all these cool places. We're going to stay in this little coffee plantation, like uh, agroturismo hotels and um, so anyways, uh, we hope to make it down there because bear and I, we're all fans bear in his practice was in Hawaii forever. We're fans of the tropics. Uh, I love to go down there and experience and, those um, places. Go and ahead, I have a, a friend who actually has a hundred acres in a very remote area on the Gulf side of Panama. And he's been trying to talk me into, uh, going down there and starting a little health retreat for years. So, uh, <laughs> We might even end up in your neck of the woods. I might, but I tell you, I'm 64 years old and I've totally lost my appetite for establishing retreats and uh, 
encampments or whatever, like, ah, no, it's okay. <laughs> I, I, I totally hear you on that one. <laughs> well, hey, thanks again, Dr. Daniels, for today. Um, this has been a lovely chat. If you guys resonated with this, and please share this, like this, give us a thumbs up. It really helps us spread this amazing knowledge and wisdom to the world. Uh, and uh, please follow Dr. Daniels, if you're not already, vitalitycycles.com. And we love you, and we are so grateful for all you guys. Please uh, remember, get outside, get your hands in the dirt, grow something, go for a hike. Nature is the best teacher, and we love you, and we will see you next week. God bless you all. Cheers.